Welcome one, welcome all to episode 189 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on August 5th, 2023. I am your host, the intrepid Captain Logan, and this week, Luke is gone. He is out of here. I am in control. That's right. This is becoming the Xbox wrap-up, and with me to help with this mutiny is none other than the Player One Podcast's host and longtime game fan, CJ Superpack. CJ, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great, Logan. Thank you very much for inviting me on the Xbox Expansion Pass. It's great to be your uh, replacement, Luke. No, actually, <laughs> you're you're Luke, and I'm the Logan this week. Yes. Is that what that is? Yes. So there's okay. going to be... Uh, I, I'm wearing I, my I, Sea of Thieves t-shirt, so see, I'm I, playing the part. <laughs> you really are. You got it nailed down. Um, <laughs> all you're missing is the the constant hat for fear of people judging you for being bald, but you oh, have a nice head true. of hair. So <laughs> next for time now. we do this. Yeah, for next time. Well, no, if you've got it now, I mean, you've got it forever. I don't... I. 25 is the cutoff i've heard is it so, okay <laughs> yeah if you make it past 25 then you're gucci you don't gotta worry about nothing um so but we uh we always like to start the show with words of kindness but i mean how are you how, how have things been this week for you any 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 troubles any happiness anything you want to share oh no i'm doing great i'm you know been playing exoprimal on xbox game pass and feeling yeah. great just shooting dinosaurs and Video games are awesome. Logan. They really I don't are. Know if you know this, <laughs> every every week I feel so <laughs> grateful to all the all the developers that make these games that we play, yeah. so that I can have fun at night playing. Yeah, yeah. When you when you don't get so ingrained in the in the the business aspect of things or or how how things are done, and you just kind of sit back and enjoy games for what they are. It's amazing. Yeah. Like how many really good games are out there that people just are just like, nah, I don't like it for this reason. <laughs> Not every game has to be for everybody. No, either. I think that's important to remember. Like you can yeah. still, you can find a game you like. It doesn't have to be the same game that another person likes. Like, yeah, there's so many games out there for everybody. It also doesn't have to be 60 to 200 hours either. Sometimes no, it can just be like five hours and you just sit back and enjoy that. I like a good five hour game. Sure. <laughs> I pay $15 up to $20 for that. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a reasonable price. I can't yeah. I can't blame anyone. Price has been an interesting conversation lately. But before we get into that, I have to thank the patrons because the patrons are the ones that are helping Luke get a second monitor that he refuses to buy. And I don't know why he would much rather spend that money leaving me here alone to try and make some sort of show so that he can go to the beach and not do pirate things, which is very strange. Uh, but I have to thank the patrons. They are the ones. So every week we call out the tier two and tier three patrons. Uh, I'll go ahead and do it this week. And CJ, I don't know if you if you feel like jumping in here, but uh, thank you to Robbie Bobby Miller. Cypher, uh, Silent Cypher, Xbox Skittle, Rick Gaffney, Zach LeCouteur, African, aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, Matt Without Fear, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, 
DJ Hero and Dano12. Thank you to all of the patrons. Just as a reminder, too, the tier threes do get the Xbox wrap up this week. It was a very long episode, CJ. We did over an hour, which we always told ourselves we'd do like 20, 30 minutes. It'd be like 20, 30 minutes, just sit down. And we've stuck to it. Too. We've done a pretty good job of sticking to it. But this time it was over an hour. We got into talking about game of the year discussion. I think that, oh. I think that always really just kind of brings out like the hymns and haws about games. So mm-hmm. it was a really good one, but uh, we, we'd like to start the show with um, kind of a, a, a thank you to those uh, for our words of kindness. Uh, this week, I wanted to shout out Noble on Twitter, who I, f- I didn't realize had been doing it for a very long time, but they always do like a summary of the week's news for like everything. It's not even just like one specific system, but they always type out like an amazing kind of uh, a breakdown, you know, an outline of all the of all the news and stuff. So I was like drinking a beer and uh, skimming through that. And then that sparked a couple ideas. So I went to some other websites for all of our news for today. Uh, but I wanted to shout them out. And because this was kind of thrown upon you, is there anyone in this week that made you happy or, or brought you any kind of joy that you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, I want to shout out my co-host on Player One Podcast, uh, Greg Seward, who is at Seward mm. on Twitter. Uh, he does a channel called Generation 16. Actually, it's just his YouTube channel, but he does a, a show called Generation 16 going uh, into the history of Sega and the Genesis and kind of going chronologically through all of the Genesis releases. But he recently released a video talking about that 200 plus document page document that leaked about uh, internal Sega strife. And, uh, you know, there have been a lot of headlines about that document, but I thought that Greg's insight to that in particular was interesting as just a longtime Sega fan and someone who follows Sega history. He has a really unique perspective. So uh, Greg Seward on Twitter, Generation 16 is his show. People should check that out. But yeah, just want to give some kindness to Greg. Oh, I love Greg. He actually does a really good job of clipping out the uh, the games that he's playing from P1P and uploads those to his website or to his YouTube channel as well, too, uh, which is really nice to kind of like have a bit of a mix between the the documentation and research that he does for Generation 16, plus kind of like what the the uh, uh, like the day to day is or, or week to week is that he does for gaming and stuff as well. So, but yeah, he also does a lot of charity work too. Just a generally awesome guy. Indeed. Really curious to hear what he he has to say about Forza Motorsport in October. <laughs> we'll That's, see. We'll see. I can't wait yes. to hear him gush about that. Um, housekeeping, kind of a little bit that I just want to let people know about. Again, congrats to Luke and the show for getting over a thousand subs on you, YouTube. It's been amazing to to see that growth over there ever since we started doing uh the the video version of the show um so definitely appreciate all the likes and subscribes that everyone's been doing over there thank you so much uh getting into the actual news xbox has announced that it's going to be showing stalker 2 armored core 6 uh persona 5 tactica cyberpunk 2077 phantom libby or liberty over at gamescom and that is going on at the end of the week. I'm very excited for this as an Xbox fan, but also just because I love when folks get an opportunity to go and experience games. Uh, have you been keeping up with this at all? And, and 
uh, seen some of the controversy around like Starfield not being there. Controversy about Starfield not being there. I I mean, Starfield is pretty close to launch, right? We're about a month out yeah, from that. Pretty much. And it, se- it would seem to me that Starfield being the kind of game that it is would be very hard to like put together a kiosk demo where you're going to get a real good idea of what the game is. It might actually hurt impressions, mm-hmm. you know, because y- yeah. you're, you're <clears throat> going into this very involved sci-fi RPG. And then here, here's a five minute demo. You you can just sit down and play this little bit. It's like, what do you demo in a game like that where you can kind of at least from the gameplay deep dives that we've seen, you can do kind of anything, <laughs> right? Like it's a very free form. Like how do you accurately demonstrate that on mm-hmm. a kiosk? Like I would think that'd be very difficult to do. Uh, yeah. And I imagine we're probably not too far off from getting some press previews of Starfield. So mm. to me, it seems like they don't really need to focus on Starfield. I think having Armored Core 6 there is big because that game's going to be huge. All of the Souls and uh, <laughs> the Dark Souls and Elden Ring fans are going to love that game. Persona's a fan favorite. Cyberpunk has its its fan base here. And Stalker 2 is obviously like being a European developed game. It's going to be big too. So I, I feel like they've chosen the right mix of games there for Gamescom. What do yeah. you think? Do you, would you Definitely. rather see Starfield here than any of these titles? No, I, I, I honestly wouldn't. I think the, I think the selection that they have are are easy enough to understand and drop in and drop out of that you you can demo those very well. But that was honestly your perspective is is right in line with mine because I kept thinking in my head, this is intended to be a huge huge RPG that fans are supposed to engross themselves with and feel very personal uh, connection to your ship, your crew, the the alignments that you make with the different factions and stuff like that. And I just don't see something like that demoing well i'm sure it would look great if they cut together a a fantastic trailer to kind of have playing in the background saying like hey this is coming out in a month you can buy the uh the the special edition to be able to get early access for it and stuff but genuinely i don't see how something like this would really give players a a a, a earnest chance to to get a good feel yeah. for what the game is going to be so i'm not bothered by it considering the, the the timing of when gamescom is versus when the actual release is so for me it's more surprising that there's no presence by sony there given this is the perfect kind of counter marketing that would mm-hmm. be good to kind of say like hey yeah we know armored core is going to be out we know that starfield is going to be out but come play spider-man 2 i think that would have been a smarter move if if I was like making hubbubs about stuff when it comes to Gamescom. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what gets announced. Uh, I, I've seen some speculation saying that folks think that Armored Core Six is going to be coming to Game Pass uh, from Soft. I, I it would have to be a really big bag of cash <laughs> because I think <laughs> I I think this is going to be what's holding From Soft over till they're ready to release their next game after you know following in line with Elden Ring because Elden Ring's good but I think it sold so well that it's it's kind of saturated the 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 market as far as like folks that would have picked it up if if they had any interest in in FromSoft and stuff but 
I'm very curious. I think Armored Core 6 is interesting because that's a series. Obviously, this is the sixth installment of a series that probably yeah. a lot of people who are Souls fans haven't played. Right. And haven't engaged with at all, right? Yes. So, uh, <laughs> and I feel like Armored Core is sort of a question mark. How well is this game really going to do? Because Souls likes mm -hmm. uh, have their fans and From Software has its fans. But like what happens when you sort of go off the beaten path? and make a mech game right like are those fans going to show up for the mech game i think that was sort of a question mark i think they will yeah. i think you're right that microsoft to get this for game pass would have to drive a dump truck full of money up to <laughs> their doorstep we'll see if they ended up doing that or maybe um I, I think bandai namco is the publisher of this yeah uh because from does not publish their own stuff although they could they maybe really they could. will in the future yeah but uh for now they use a publisher so you know maybe uh xbox does have a good relationship with bandai namco and they has do. done some day and date releases with them in the past so we'll just have to see whether armored core 6 is that type of game i think there would need to be a big promise from bandai namco saying like it'll be okay <laughs> like you're you're gonna you're not gonna have a whole lot of sales on xbox but you will have a lot of sales on playstation and being yeah. on game pass will grow your brand it will grow this franchise it will give immediate access to a game that a lot of people may not have checked out even from from soft and yeah. that is it really because i i've been hearing from the souls fans i've been hearing from the from soft fans they're like from soft doesn't miss they you know they can't make a bad game and i'm like but you guys haven't played the past armored core games there's five others that you could have played but you're <laughs> you're just now jumping on the bandwagon because elden ring is so good and yeah i i think there's going to be a lot of folks that are kind of waking up to this like Oh, Armored Core is a different type of... Now, I I think Armored Core is a fantastic series. I, I haven't played an Armored Core since two or three. Mm. I think three. Long time ago. One. It's been a long, long time, time yeah. <laughs> but I actually really like them and, and like Mech Warrior and Mech Assault and uh, Steel Battalion. Like, I'm, I'm here for the Mech games. I think they're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm very curious to jump into Armored Core 6 because it looks beautiful. And I think I think it'll be really, really interesting to see what FromSoft fans say about it. Um, I'm also really looking forward to Stalker 2 because that's one that's been delayed because of the war that's going on. And I, I, I really want this game to do well. Like, I really, really, really think that that studio deserves to, to have, like, their flowers, you know, and, and be able to do that. Um, yeah. I know you're a big RPG fan. I know you love Japanese RPGs and turn-based fighting are you gonna jump into persona 5 tactica has that like got your interest at all no nothing uh no but okay. i i mean i respect what the persona series does that's <laughs> not really for me right <laughs> but having it as part of the xbox lineup i think is super important mm. and you know really shows the breadth of the catalog that uh, microsoft yeah. has been able to get on their platform so surprisingly good Japanese support. This is good for for Xbox. Yeah, yeah. When's humanity coming to Xbox? No comment. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of the things that I did want to uh, talk about was um, cons in general. Gamescom still one of the biggest conventions that you can have. Uh, E3's dead, 
sadly. And we, the, you know, Xbox Fan Fest is is about as good as you're going to get next to maybe the Game Awards if they go and and do anything in like the summertime or in the Game Awards just in general, like in November. Uh, mm-hmm. But Gamescom still trucking still moving people to to go to cologne germany do you miss going to conventions for that kind of on the floor kind of atmosphere uh i do miss going to conventions and i think uh the last one i went to was the portland retro gaming expo last year that was a lot of fun a lot of energy there yeah and it's just fun to like be in the same place as other video game fans and kind of enjoy the hobby together like Mm -hmm. at e3 or at you know some of these other like packs i never really was the person to go around and wait in line to play demos of things i have done that in the past and Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's like i play 10 out of context minutes of this game that i'm excited for and by the end it really hasn't changed my hype levels usually. And sometimes it's actually, I actually come away disappointed or if mm. I'm bad at the demo, it's like, Oh, this kind of ruined it for me. So, so, um, <laughs> that happened with the last of us, the original last of us. I played it at no. PAX, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, I'm bad. I'm bad at the combat in this. Am I really going to like the full game? And it ended up, yeah. I really liked the full game. It's one of my favorites uh, of all time. But uh, to me, like the power of some of these expos like like Gamescom is just being there with other players and seeing people get excited about about games. So and yeah. a lot of it's the other ancillary like panels and things that are going on that are the exciting part for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's I, I really hope to get an opportunity in the coming years to start going to some more of the like the PAXs and stuff uh i i doubt i'll ever get to do like an e3 but i'm okay with that it's the it's the opportunity to get to talk to devs about their game that i think i really appreciate when i got to uh the last couple conventions the first sea thieves that i did recently um one of them was over in ohio where they happen to have like a uh, kind of a board game or tabletop game convention going on but they still had a few uh video game devs there Mm -hmm. and i actually got to meet with um one of the the main dev uh, and, and director who's working on a new Little Nemo game, which I love the original like Nemo game from Nintendo, and uh, nice. getting to play his game felt very reminiscent of that. But the but the opportunity to sit down and kind of talk about like you know the the reverence to the to the comics and uh, the storytelling that that Little Nemo is uh, beside the game. That was what really sold me on the game because the game was actually pretty fun, but uh, it was it was getting an opportunity to 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 see the passion from the devs that I think a lot of gamers really do. They would do well to to kind of invest themselves with the devs because I think a lot of the rhetoric that I see online uh, tends to come from perspectives that are separated from the actual studios and the devs that work on them which is fair. They don't need to. They're consumers. They don't have to be connected to the studios that are making the games. But so often I see consoles and studios propped up on a pedestal and revered for the games that they release that when other studios don't have that, they tend to get dragged through the mud uh, unjustly for the most part because games are hard. And I, and I think that that's, that's I think that's something that I think conventions really helped with was being able to offer an opportunity to talk to another human being face to face 
about the passion of a game that's in front of them and understand that there are a lot of hours being put in poured into these these projects that that may go completely unnoticed that's true and you know the lineup that xbox is showing at uh, gamescom is great i'm sure there are a lot of indie devs that are going to be at gamescom as well showing Mm -hmm. off their projects uh and for a from the development side going to one of these shows and showing off a game it's incredibly uh helpful to watch other people play a demo of your game and to just see their reaction to it and how they go through a level like watching somebody play the game that is not connected to it that is coming in cold is extremely helpful to the development process and i think it's important for all of us to remember that people make these games right there are people behind it and it's easy to go online and bash this developer or that developer but they're are a group of people trying to make these games for us. And to me, every game that comes out is a triumph. It's miraculous that we even get (laughs) polished video games. Like, (laughs) you know, every video game is a triumph. And the fact that we get to play them at the end is, is amazing. Yeah. Do you think a lot of the scrutiny for games comes because of just how many games we have and we have Mm -hmm. to be more selective and, and considerate when it comes to, like how a game is performing for the consumer? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think as a consumer, I, I tend to be the type of player that doesn't really look down on technical faults as much. Mm. Like I'm not the person that's like, Oh no, it's not 60 frames a second. I'm not going to play it or it's unplayable trash (laughs) because it's not 60 frames a second. Like I look at it, differently i i try to look at games as like a whole product product like what am i experiencing am i enjoying the story is the gameplay fun is the user interaction fun like i i take it from that perspective and i think a lot of people get can get hung up on the technical aspects of games and like not see the forest for the trees and not uh get the full enjoyment out of some of these titles. I know Redfall was very maligned. Uh, yeah. But there were there were people who really enjoyed it, Luke. And uh, I think that's fine. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. great. And as a game developer, even on a game that is widely bashed like Redfall, for somebody, it's going to be one of their favorite games. And you just kind of have to think of it uh in 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 that aspect as well yeah yeah i i definitely love that perspective it's one that i struggle with from time to time because i know that there are areas that could be improved for a lot of games and i tend to want those areas to have been improved prior to getting a chance to play it so that's where Mm. i i think i struggle this is I see where I was like, ah, this could have been better. I wish I'd been able to play this when this was better. Same thing with like um, Cyberpunk. I loved mm-hmm. Cyberpunk when it first came out, bugs and all, but I'm much, I, I, I look forward to seeing folks who've never played Cyberpunk who pick up the the game and Phantom Liberty in the new state that it'll have with all the, the changes and the balances and the adjustments to the trees and stuff like that. See, they're going to be getting the best version of the product. And yeah. that to me is, a, is an envious state to be able to like 
wipe my memory to of a game and be able to go back and just play through it and at that perspective i i can't wait to see like what folks think of of the game from that um one of the things that we we'd kind of touched on a little bit was uh being able to show your game off to someone who's never played it before and how valuable that is as a developer uh xbox is now getting the opportunity to test streaming directly to discord from your xbox uh, this is something that you can do right now if you have a PC. If you have a PC, you can go live with any uh, game that you have, stream it directly to your Discord server, and people can jump in and watch, comment, talk with you about it and stuff like that. And it looks like Xbox is going to be getting this feature. It's currently in the alpha testing phase. It'll be uh, probably moving to beta uh, ring at some point and then eventually out to the mass majority of folks. But along with the UI design in this kind of announcement, it looks as though xbox is looking to try and build up discord as a replacement for their clubs because i feel like clubs mm -hmm. was the the kind of idea of building communities through xbox um i wanted to see if you'd seen this uh what do you think of it do you see yourself wanting to utilize this as a way to uh kind of well i know a lot of what you play is, is typically on playstation or on on your uh, uh logitech g cloud so maybe not necessarily something that you would do yourself but do you do you have any thoughts on this or was this a a, a news item that you checked out yeah i did check this out actually the day that they released this i was looking into you know can you stream your gameplay from console onto discord and uh as soon as i searched that like a bunch of windows central and xbox <laughs> true achievements like links came up at like <laughs> they were posted three That's hours so ago funny. and yes yes it's in the alpha ring now uh i think this is great you know i have enjoyed that functionality on PC quite a bit. I think it's interesting if you have a Discord community that you're involved in, uh, having a voice chat open where people can stream whatever games they're playing and get together like on a Friday night or something and just hang out and play, uh, you know, not multiplayer games, just single player games, but together I think is a really great thing to have. And I don't know about you, but a lot of the games that I play or check out, I do that because I hear other people talking about them, right? Or mm -hmm. they're playing this or that game and enjoying it. And so I check that out. And it's better to be able to have them stream it on Discord than just tell me about it, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I could watch them play it. That's even better. Yeah. And not have to do it, you know, via Twitch or a more public sort of uh sort of broadcast where you can go into a discord room and have a conversation via voice while somebody is playing and i think that's really interesting and i i love the fact that they're doing this hopefully other consoles will follow suit and i i really can't wait for this to come to the just general ring i'm not in any of the alpha or beta rings Same. so i'll have yeah. to wait a little bit longer <laughs> to get this but when it does come out i think i'm looking forward to using it what about yeah. you? Yeah. 
Oh, I, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Uh, I, I typically, so I'm, I'm a Discord Nitro subscriber. Um, so they've got two tiers that that this is available. So if you, if you aren't a Nitro subscriber, which I would recommend being, just because you get better quality, you get a lot more uh, 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 size that you can send files for. So it really kind of opens up Discord to just be a little more usable um, as a content creator. Uh, but the thing that I really like is that when you stream you typically stream at 720p and 30 frames per second which for a large portion of people is good enough because it's going to be off to the side on a window or it's going to be on their phone and they don't necessarily need that high resolution uh, but as a nitro subscriber you actually get access to the 1080p and 60 frames per second which i think is honestly very fair uh considering that that discord itself is actually free for everyone so I'm fine paying a premium. Um, I love the perks that they offer because the perks offer uh, a, a lot of things that I utilize on a regular basis. And this to me is something I really like the idea of because some of my friends can play through horror games like the Resident Evil franchise, for example. I have a lot of anxiety trying to <laughs> play through horror games. And it's not because I don't, it's 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 not that I'm scared. It's that I'm given control and I have to move forward. It's different when it's somebody else moving forward because I'm not having to make the active choice to do it. I am just mm -hmm. a passenger and I can disengage any point I need to. Whereas with a video game, you can't progress through a horror game if you're playing it unless you're making the active choice to do so. So when friends are playing those and they've been streaming them to Discord servers. I get to hang out and chat with them, be on a lighter level, and they can worry about, you know, getting attacked or getting jump scares and stuff. And I can still consume the content without feeling like I am I'm going to have to deal with the anxiety that comes with that. And that's just something that I think really doesn't get addressed a whole lot like not a whole lot of really people or not a whole lot of people really talk about that. Um, but I, I love this because it's something that I think is coming to Xbox that Xbox hasn't taken advantage of. Whereas this is something that's actually available on PlayStation right now, not through Discord, but just through their party system. PlayStation has had this since launch. And it's very surprising to me because I actually think that this is a, a really great way to kind of have your friends sit down, especially with a, a system that is predominantly single player, third person action games and allow each other to have up in the bottom top of the screen, you know, their gameplay showing while you're playing your yeah. game and you just sit in a party chat and you can just hang yeah. out and watch each other play games while you're playing games and and enjoy that that kind of camaraderie between just being friends and stuff. So yeah. I, I love that Xbox is getting this opportunity. I really hope that they take advantage of it because I think that that if, if it's not used, then it tends to fall into the PS5, we sold you a webcam, but didn't give you a reason for the webcam outside of streaming your face to your friends while you're showing off your game and stuff. So I, I hope that this is a tool that people utilize. Uh, and, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing like what they do with it. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, do you know, can you join on xbox and watch your friends play on console or is this the thing where you'd have to have the pc window up you as well as far as like jumping into their game or just to watch 
just to watch. I believe like if you I was can... in a voice chat with you and you were streaming your game, could I watch it on the on the Xbox console, or would I need to be on PC or mobile to see it? I, I believe that you can actually watch with them. Um, oh, okay. I think well, you that's can actually better. <laughs> yeah, I think you can. I think you can see him uh, actually do this in game. I don't know if you can. As far as I know, you can't stream your PC games to the Xbox and and have people watch it. But I believe that you can you can watch from your Xbox and uh, and have people actually watch it from the Xbox as well too. Um, so okay. I, I'm very curious to see like how this all works out because I think that this is something that will help content creators who have Definitely. been kind of maligned by social media lately with the choices that have been going on there to try and insulate a little bit, try and build up their community or, or build up the uh, the fan base and just kind of say like, hey, you know, uh, things are not going well on such and such platform. Um, I've got a Discord going where we're going to be doing community nights to kind of stream and hang out and chat together and just do something that's a little more uh, connected with your with your actual fan base. Yeah. As opposed to having to worry about bots dropping in and trying to to drop links uh, on, on in the chat when you're trying to do a show, and then having to try and mediate that as well too. So, very curious to see if this is utilized by content creators beyond just friend groups um, for their type of content as well. Yeah, it's a perfect time for this kind of thing, especially as you mentioned with the sort of social media upheaval that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of folks don't know where to go or how to promote. And I think Discord is going to actually turn into the new Facebook, if that makes sense. Kind of how everyone was on Facebook and Facebook was great because you you could have everyone connected. I think everyone is pretty much connected to Discord now and it's become mm -hmm. like a household name for a lot of folks. And I think that they're going to be kind of like the best way to kind of compartmentalize your your hobbies so that you have different discords for each one and you don't necessarily have to have everyone seeing your timeline of yes i love video games no grandma they're not the devil so, <laughs> yes that is important yeah uh well you know it is the devil usually what? phil phil is usually the devil um <laughs> phil but in there one <laughs> but in this devil. case um i wanted to i wanted to talk about how painful it is and how evil it is that every time something breaks on your controller, you have to go and actually buy a new one. I have a Sea of Thieves controller in my case behind me. It's hidden by my tiny head, surprisingly, that is getting drift. And I will not be able to replace that, that thing unless I tear it open and actually replace it. But I'll never get to have the actual joystick like working the way I want it to. This is a problem that has plagued, I think, a lot of folks with controllers who are hard on controllers for a very long time. And the recourse is to spend 60, 70, 80 dollars, depending on the version, to get a brand new controller that you really don't have a whole lot of options for. Um, and now we've actually got a bit of an option. So our next story is actually coming to us from Xbox's store where we found out that you can actually purchase replacement parts for the Xbox series controllers, as well as the Xbox elite two controllers. Uh, now they just announced the, the elite core two 
which is like, uh, I think it's 130 MSRP, 130, 140, it's around there. You can usually get it for around 110, 115 on sale, um, but it is just the core controller. It doesn't come with all the little attachments or, or case or, or charging cables, all that stuff. It's just the actual controller itself. Um, but Xbox is going a step further. They're now selling the shells. They're selling the buttons. They're selling the actual PCB boards uh, for these that have like the little joystick actuators and the buttons and stuff. And I actually really love this. I don't know how often you crack open your cases or, or your controllers or tinker around with stuff. Uh, but this is something that is like right up my alley. Um, if you guys want to dive into this, there's a lot of really good guides. In fact, Xbox actually announced that they have videos on their YouTube site that actually gives you a breakdown of how to break open your controller, how to remove stuff safely, how to replace the parts that they're selling. And the parts are actually reasonably well priced. You can actually get buttons, you can get uh, PCB boards from anywhere from 20 to $60, depending on the version that you're going for, and the type of board that it is, which if you're just messing with one thing, that's actually significantly cheaper than having to go and buy a brand new controller, especially if it's a controller you really, really like. So CJ, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Is this something that you you do on a regular? Do you do you ever like crack them open or uh, try to, to fix any of the, the controllers or, or um, consoles that you get? Uh, I think if I were to break them open and try to repair them myself, it would turn out just a, a mess. <laughs> quite honestly i'm not a uh, very handy uh person in general <laughs> and if i've had to install anything any kind of electronics uh in the house or anything it usually turns up it turns out badly so i'm not allowed to do that at home anymore so <laughs> my wife has banned me from that ever since i tried to in install a nest thermostat and it it ended oh, no. up our nest thermostat for our upstairs uh, <laughs> was actually like hanging off the wall. You could like see the wires behind it because I had tried to install it. It was just a, it was bad. Oh and man. So I'm not trusted with that anymore. So no, I won't be breaking open any controllers myself, but mm. this, because probably what would happen is I would pay for the PCB or the buttons attempt mm. to do it and then have to also purchase a new controller when it fails inevitably. <laughs> so it would be more money for me to do that myself. But for the people who can, who I respect very much, uh, this is fantastic. You know, I wish Nintendo would sort of offer the same kind of thing because their Joy-Con controllers Ooh. have a much more, uh, a much larger reputation for drift. But I think this is fantastic that Xbox is offering this. You know, you you mentioned your Sea of Thieves special edition controller, which you can't get anymore and was very, very limited. I have one of those as well. I had to stop using it because I because of of fear that it would start drifting and and just yep. uh, uh, break. So, yeah, this is this is a great offer though for people who uh, have the skills and great on uh, Xbox for posting video mm -hmm. tutorials on how to do it. That's fantastic. So I. I love cracking open stuff like this from time to time, usually when I feel comfortable doing it. But um, I actually purchased this uh, red Xbox Series controller not too long ago. I got a pretty good deal thanks to Wario64 on Twitter, uh, who who always has like uh, the best deals when it comes to this stuff. But the interesting thing was is um, the the left bumper here, which 
I don't know if you can hear it when it's actually clicking now. Sounds uh, pretty good. But when I bought this, it was actually smushy and it was oh, not no. as responsive. And I was so bummed because I'm like, oh yeah, brand new controller. This is going to be fantastic. I love it. And it had a squishy bumper. And I was like, uh, man, I'm just going to relegate this to uh, a one-off and just- it Captain a, Logan does not like squishy bumpers. I people. don't. This I like them. I like them yeah. snappy. I like them uh, clicky. I like that that rapier wit kind of you know this type of, of thing. No no slow smudgy kind of jokes or or anything going on here. Um, yeah. I so I, because of this, I needed to check and see like if this was something I could replace. So I decided to do uh, follow the video. I actually broke open the video and and uh, followed the step by step. Cracked open this little baby, which was surprisingly easy, um, especially given like the Nintendo Joy Cons. Like I've I've torn apart Joy Cons and I've I've put custom shells on them. They are finicky. They are very hard to work with. There's a lot of really really uh, uh, small parts kind of clustered together, and they're they're mm. put together. I don't know. The, magicians put those things together because i i always have a hard time i can't work those things pikmin well. it's pikmin that put it's, them together. pikmin put them together and they do yeah. a fantastic job that's why pikmin <laughs> 4 took so long to come out they were that's too right. busy filling the stock requirements for joy cons for their 140 <laughs> some million units sold uh but i i cracked open the xbox wireless controller and it was surprisingly easy uh, there were very few screws to really have to tear things apart. And you know what I found out? Hmm. The interesting thing about this was, is I thought I was going to have to replace the bumper button. I figured the bumper button on the left one was just faulty. I was going to have to do it. When I cracked open this, I pulled off the front shell and I saw next to where the little bumper goes down, the little depress area, the safe zone that that usually shows when uh, when you have the shell off, was being blocked by the oh. wires that are connected to the actuator that goes into the trigger for the little vibration. Ah. Oh. And it wasn't sitting it wasn't sitting snugly in its little its little wire channel. So I took a little spudger and I pushed it over and I pushed it down and then I put the shell back on and I clicked the bumper and lo and behold the bumper is is fantastic now. <laughs> oh, and nice. I'm like, "Oh my god, this was all this is what it was. It was the whole time it was just the cable was in the way off of the off of the manufacturing so yes i had to destroy the little back sticker on the controller in the in the battery case to get to one of the screws but i now have a working a working bumper button and it's so yeah. it's so refreshing so i would encourage anyone if you have one of the the regular controllers that's kind of messy it, it's not something's going wrong with it you know it doesn't quite work as well take an opportunity grab a grab a couple yeah. screwdrivers grab an iFixit kit um they're, they're always good to have on hand uh crack one open and just play around with it especially if it's already a lost cause you're not losing out on anything because you probably aren't using it already uh and just kind of tinker you know just kind of use it as an opportunity to to have some fun tear something apart if it if it you know if it doesn't work out you can still recycle it um and and just kind of you know go from there see what see what's going on and see if maybe you know, Xbox selling these parts, which honestly is a great way to promote reusing, uh, uh, you know, parts that you normally would just recycle, like the whole controller, the whole controller would be to waste. Uh, but yeah. if all you have to do is recycle just a PCB board or replace the buttons on it, um, that is so much more economical than 
actually going in and buying a brand new controller. So much tech is is uh, uh, just throw away at this point. Even cars. Let me ask you this, Logan. Though, are you going to end up repairing your Sea of Thieves controller then? So that's uh, one of the issues that I ran into is the the PCB boards that they are selling currently are for the specific series of uh, style that is just on the model numbers for the Xbox Series controllers. Um, the ah. the model that is that is currently being used for the Sea of Thieves controller is an older model. So right, that was an Xbox One controller. Right. Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah. the Xbox One controllers exempt from this. It's a shame because I would I would really love to be able to to be able to use that Sea of Thieves controller. I I understand the little rubby grips on the the top of the thumbsticks are completely smoothed over from how often I've been using that controller, but I still just absolutely love it. I think it's a beautiful yeah. design. Um I just, I, I really wish I could replace that, but they need to put out okay. another Sea of Thieves special edition controller. Come on, Microsoft yes. and Rare, do it. Come on. They really do. They really actually do. It just needs to be a thing. Um, one of the things that I'm very curious about, though, is that they didn't offer the batteries for the Elite. And mm -hmm. this is, this is something that I think uh, plagues cell phones a lot more than I hear controllers um in in xbox's world because a lot of controllers you know xbox has smartly done the the double a's and have stuck with the double a's which i think honestly in the in hindsight is a lot better than you know having to sit there and worry about your your nintendo 3ds like having a a, a bulge and uh having to like pull out the battery from that and get that replaced which you can actually do it's actually not too bad you can actually use the same battery for uh your your nintendo pro controller which is kind of cool hmm. um but they don't sell the elite series batteries with these uh with these parts and i think that's a huge opportunity for them um it might just be a a shipping thing like they they may not be able to ship just batteries securely enough that they're not going to explode like on on delivery hard to say but um i i do wish that they had a battery replacement program for the elite controllers especially given that you know in a, in a few years my Halo Master Chief Elite Series 2 controller is is just not going to have the battery life that it did. Uh, and I, I'd love to be able to, to get that replaced. Yeah, that's a big problem industry-wide. Yeah, so, but having replacement parts will come in handy, uh, probably with your controllers that you are using to jump back into Killer Instinct. Because believe it or not, Killer Instinct is not dead is uh now getting a free 10th anniversary update later this year uh we got a tweet that was actually very late on friday announcing that iron galaxy is back they are working on a balance update they're improving matchmaking and they're offering 4k support for the series x controller now the tweet said series x and s i think they just meant the series x because i don't know that the series s is as great as that console is could handle 4k Probably not. No. <laughs> so I wanted to to get your beat on this. Um, 2023 seems like the the year of fighters. You know, we've had yeah. Street Fighter 6. We've got Mortal Kombat 1. We've got uh, Guilty Gear recently came out, but I don't think it was 2023. Now that we've got an update coming for uh, Killer Instinct, I think Tekken is, is still due out as well too. Like, what a year for fighting fans you know the only thing that i think that could really top this is if we got 
a new Smash Brothers round of characters. Like there's there's no limit to to what ex, uh, to what fighter fans can really jump into this year. So, did you see this news? Have you played uh, Killer Instinct? Do you have a favorite character? If you do. <laughs> <laughs> I have never really been a huge Killer Instinct fan, but mm. you know, I I seem to remember like they stopped updating Killer Instinct a, a long while ago when they probably could have been supporting it this entire time and yeah. Killer Instinct probably could have been a bigger game than uh that it ended up being. Like I think it could be, you know, mentioned in the same breath as mortal Kombat and street fighter six. And yeah, uh, I'm glad that they're moving on this now. I wonder what that means for ongoing support of this, or like if Microsoft would continue uh, maybe even like do a, a reboot of killer instinct at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be fantastic. I know iron galaxy, the KI that they made for Microsoft is well regarded uh yeah i just find it amazing that they're doing this now they probably should have been supporting killer instinct for a long time (laughs) it is it is really surprising that now of all times is when they decided they wanted to to come in and and drop a uh, an update for this um i i definitely wonder if this is a like kind of a marketing gauge as well too like are they going to i imagine they will probably take a a look at the analytics of this and see like okay hey we commissioned iron galaxy to come and do a a quick tweak and uh you know a a buff and polish on killer instinct during a year which is probably the the best year for them to to see like okay are fighters viable on xbox should we revitalize killer instinct should we do anything unique with it in the future because uh, now is probably the best time to do that. So I wonder if this is just kind of them testing the waters to see like if if people will show up. And and if so, I'm very curious what that means considering PlayStation now owns Evo and Evo is going on right now uh, and has, has been having some fantastic upsets as far as like uh, uh, championship winners and stuff like that, especially with Mortal Kombat 11 has been fantastic to watch. But very curious to see if Microsoft will actually start to get kind of in reinvested in fighters. Well, it looks also like it is on steam as well. Like I wonder, uh, are they updating anything on the steam version? Is this yeah. all across all platforms as well? Like, uh, yeah, I think they could do a lot here, probably for a pretty small lift. You could bring this back into the forefront. Yeah, originally released in 2017 on Steam. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, you can make it run it uh, well on Steam Deck and get mm. a whole new life out of this game. <laughs> really could. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm all, I'm always curious to see because I see a lot of folks say like, you know, they they need to take a, a PlayStation All Stars approach for Xbox. They've mm. got a, a vast plethora of characters now that they could make into their own kind of fighter and stuff like that and i i wonder if if phil at the top of there is is taking a look and seeing like okay well we're, we're doing we're doing fairly well with the japanese market we're pulling a lot of games from japan and bringing them over into like game pass to be able to expose a, a lot of the north american audience and european audience to uh, games that they wouldn't normally have access to i wonder if this is their their shot at kind of saying like okay well 
well, we're going to have Activision soon. We're going to have a lot more IP under our belt. Having Killer Instinct refreshed might invigorate the fighting uh, genre for Xbox. And if that's the case, would it be worth investing some time for a studio to take a look at maybe doing like an Xbox All-Stars and having a lot of characters that are, are cherished put together in a brawl style manner? Or bring them to Killer Instinct. Bring Master Chief to Killer Instinct. It looks like uh, there is Battletoads in, yeah. in Killer Instinct. What about uh, bringing Captain Flameheart into Killer Instinct? Or like <laughs> some characters from Sea of Thieves in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that could be super fun. Yeah. Definitely. I would love to see a new a new season pass of, of characters or an expansion pack to killer instinct that brings in a lot of like you do doom guy. You could, uh, have, um, uh, yeah. a price from, uh, uh, modern warfare, uh, vault dweller. <laughs> dweller now. Yeah. You've got all the Bethesda. You've got the, uh, Skyrim guy you could bring in uh, a whole bunch of new characters that you could start tacking on. You know, if mortal Kombat's doing Omni man and, uh, the boys, you could 100% bring in some really fun yep. characters from Raz from Psychonauts. Raz Just from Psychonauts. Crazy, in Killer yeah. Instinct. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I can't wait to see what what Double Fine could do if they were like, "Oh yeah, just go ahead and have Raz." Yeah, you That'd know. That'd be fun. That'd it'd be, be fun. fun. <laughs> we well, definitely really interested to see what happens later this year for that. Um the only other thing that I really wanted to to bring up with you was uh, something that I think you may have experience with. It's it's something I would love to talk to Phil about, and that's Hasbro wanting to re-release the old Transformer games uh, that apparently Activision still has the code for. Uh, there was some discussion about how Hasbro had uh, desired to have the old Transformer games um, re-released so that there could be a little more life. I think Transformers still a very popular movie franchise. There hasn't really been a whole lot of movement uh, with regard to the actual video games, but some of those old video games are ones that I've had a ton of interest in and are not accessible uh, unless I go and buy like a, an Xbox 360 and track down the physical games on this. Um, did you ever get to play the Transformer games? Yeah, I played, uh, I think it was Devastation that I played. Okay. How was uh, it? I liked it, uh, but the levels were too long. This is a problem I have with a lot of Platinum games. Yeah. Uh, the levels being too long. So, but I, I did really enjoy it. Mm. Uh, I think it's interesting that, you know, there was that interview with a Hasbro person talking about how Activision had lost the code and then they yeah. retracted that statement they didn't really fully retract it they just said they had spoken out of turn so it didn't say oh yeah activision does have it they kind of just said oh we're sorry we made a comment they didn't say oh yeah <laughs> they're gonna re-release these now they found the code yeah um i guess we'll see what happens like i think that is something to be concerned about, you know, cause yeah, these games live on servers and hard drives and if they're not, uh, stored or archived in the correct way, then we can, you know, have a situation like this where games are sort of lost and can't be revived because the source code or, uh, the tools needed just, uh, aren't there anymore. So 
it's concerning, but uh, but hopefully these will be found and can be re-released. That would be awesome. You know, if if Microsoft can somehow help after the whole ABK deal, that would be fantastic too to see these kind of live on. But since it is a license, Activision slash Microsoft would probably have to also pay Hasbro for the mm-hmm. uh, right to re-release these in any way, or even even putting yeah. them on Game Pass since it's a licensed game, you know that that would mean that Hasbro would also be receiving money for that. So it's kind of funny for them to make the comment, yeah, we wish these were available, but also we want X amount of dollars from (laughs) Microsoft or Activision to do that. You know, there's money involved too. It's not just a matter of putting Mm -hmm. something up on the server in this case. So, Uh, but yeah, yeah, an interesting uh, development so far do you want so you haven't gotten to play any of these transformers games no i haven't that's Mm. and that's the kicker is because i've i've been wanting a transformers game i've been looking at that that psvr 2 port of the the transformers game that just that came out for psvr 1 i've been looking at that thinking like oh that looks kind of cool uh but i love transformers I, i mean i saw the the recent release of uh grimlock which can transform from dinosaur mode to to humanoid mode and it's way too pricey for me. I'm sure Phil will will 100% buy one. Uh, yeah. But I I love the Gen One Transformers. Man, they're just they 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 will always live in my in my memory as as a as a cherished toy to to yeah. get from time to time. I remember getting them like from Toys R Us as a child, and on the drive home, being open the tear open the blister pack and pull out the little Transformers and just sit there in awe as I transform it from one form to the other. And just absolutely loving them so the the games are something that i missed out on because of of you know mostly world of warcraft uh and just that whole generation being lost to me so having the opportunity to go and actually play those first off i think it would be great for hasbro to have an income to judge whether or not this would be a good thing for them to to invest in a studio to actually work on i would love to see uh it, you know some studio like get really emboldened by this and, and decide that they want to make their own Transformers game as a result. Um, but also just to have some of that back catalog that I know Activision has that hasn't really offered in any tangible form for any kind of current gen systems. Just a lot of that, I think, is is what folks are hoping will come as a result of this Activision deal. Mm-hmm. And even if those games only come to Game Pass Ultimate, I think having access to them is still more beneficial even if it's going to cost a little bit to to spend to to hasbro for the licensing on that sure it would have to be and it have to be only like a limited time i think uh those sorts of deals don't last forever right (laughs) even if it if it's a license or movie license or whatever or a character license something like this that simpsons arcade game release that konami did you know didn't last uh forever either so yeah yeah these sorts of things are are limited Mm. yeah always always a shame it it definitely uh we recently uh luke got a chance to talk to the the developers for ant stream and uh a lot of those licenses i'm always curious about because uh a lot of the stuff that they have the licenses for are, are for smaller titles not not really like two major as far as like licenses go um, but I'm always curious, like when folks get access to those licenses, if it's not a physical release, how long will those be available or made available? 
uh, on servers. And, and if it is for a while, like that's awesome. But I also worry that at some point the, those services will become unavailable and fall to the wayside, just like how a lot of physical media gets left behind with past generations on consoles and stuff. So game preservation in, in general is a, a very tricky thing, I think, for a lot of folks to have to try and work out how that process is going to work for the future. Yeah, and it's a little easier when you are not dealing with a established IP, like Transformers or yeah. any sort of movie licenses or anything like that. I think it's separate. Uh, and a service like the Antstream Arcade stuff, that's easier because you can go to a specific developer and the deals are probably just with them and you don't have to deal with a, another license holder <laughs> yeah. in the mix. So yeah. Uh, always a, always a thing though. I hope, uh, uh, you know, I love emulation. I hope that eventually we can get to the point where you can check out a game from a sort of library type situation and play some of these licensed games that uh, are sort of lost to time now because the licenses are just, it's too expensive for anybody to relicense something like this. So, yeah, yeah. definitely curious as, as years go on, there will be a time where a lot of games fall into the category of no longer being copywritten. It'll be very curious to see like, what companies are very because I know that you know like Nintendo's never going to let anyone like it's like Mickey Mouse like they're never going to let anyone touch Mario legally right. uh, unless there's unless there's like a contract in place but I'll, I'm very curious to see like what the future has in 50 years what the game space look like as far as like how are games accessed how are games uh, uh, given to each other you know movies is kind of a good way to kind of look at that and say like okay well this is how movies have moved forward with time and mm -hmm. it's just a matter of moving from medium to medium you have uh dumb devices that are just the reciprocals for that content it's really not about like how you know what what you're buying to be able to access that it's it's a uniform type of media that is not present with video games because of exclusivities and rights so very curious to see like how that all works out in the future. There's not like a, everyone's agreed that this is the controller that everyone's going to use kind of thing. The way there is like a, everyone's going to agree Blu-ray is the format that we're going with. Right. So. But for now, if you want your Transformers game, you'll have to get to level 100 in the <sighs> Fortnite Battle Pass so you can unlock yeah. Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> or wait until later this fall when the Megatron and Bumblebee and I think there's one other uh, skin pack come out for Fortnite. I really like that Megatron one, man. I saw photos of that. Looks good. <laughs> Looks really good. Yes, I just does. hope that they they go all out and allow you to have. I really wish that you could have Megatron in Fortnite as uh, an ally that follows you around, but additionally <laughs> can transform into the gun so right. that you can then use the gun. But once you're out of the charges or, you know, like limit it so that it's a, a limited use only, he then turns back into the like that would be. That would be like next level. Like, come on, Epic, get get Fortnite to start working on that. Like, that's the kind of thing. Like, that's what I want from like a PSVR two kind of thing. Like, I want to be able to have like the Transformers turn into things like the movies, and then be able to get the get into them and drive around, or like get on them and drive around and you know turn into guys. Like, yep. 
where where's that let me let me get that type of transformer game you know so yeah agreed we don't usually jump into this topic too often on this podcast but i was kind of curious because you brought it up uh what have you been playing lately and i know you mentioned exo primal exo primal i've been playing a lot of that on game pass yeah and have you uh have you paid for the the season pass on that one logan i'm going to reveal to you exclusively uh <laughs> on this show and to the listeners of the xbox expansion pass that yes i did purchase the <laughs> season pass <laughs> for exo primal they got me logan they got me really with, with a uh with a game that I I just really enjoy the game loop in this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, and I, um, Luke may have talked about this on the show. I don't know. We played a, a bit of it for sure. We dropped off though. Okay. But it is a, uh, a PVE and PVP multiplayer game where you play in a team of five and you go in and sort of race against another team to kill packs of dinosaurs. And then at the end, there's either a PVE race or there's a pvp encounter which uh is either like control points or uh, escorting a payload uh in the same environment with other uh enemy players and mm -hmm. the loop is just really fun and i think part of it is that a, the majority of the game is pve and you're fighting dinosaurs and for me i really enjoy being the support class uh, yeah. in, a, in a shooter or any kind of game like this. And I think Exoprimal, the way that it's set up is that the team component is so important. Like you need somebody who's good at support and is actually going to heal everybody. So I feel like being a support player, I can do, I can fulfill that role if nobody wants to, to do that. Right. I don't need to shoot dinosaurs. I can just uh, stand by and heal the people who, who are doing the the hard work. And I think mm -hmm. that, yeah, the team component of Exoprimal works well. I think all the different characters are balanced pretty well and everybody's contributing in their own way. And I just really like the loop. It's fun. Yeah. And I, I'm only playing it because it was on Game Pass, right? <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, I did end up paying for the season pass uh, on top of that, which if I had bought the game outright, it's a full price $60 game. And they're also charging for a battle pass, which yeah. is kind of ridiculous in 2023 to think about that. But uh, but I'm having a, a a hugely fun time with it. Like I love nice. the control. The shooting action's fun. The games, the matches only last between 10 and 15 minutes yeah. generally. And that's like just the right amount of time. No, like one enemy is a bullet sponge that you really spend too much of a match dealing with them which i like as well like i i cannot get into destiny because i can't sit there for 10 minutes <laughs> trying to kill one enemy that's just not fun for me so there's other stuff game, you gotta do well yeah i'm i'm reducing destiny down to <laughs> yeah i'm making mechanics. a generalization there <laughs> but but uh you know i really like the pace of gameplay and the fact that uh I can just jump in there with with strangers and still have a really fun time and not have to talk on voice chat. But also mm -hmm. I can play with people I do know and talk on voice chat with them if they're playing. So, yeah, I'm having fun with it. I think it's not like the greatest game ever made. It's not the greatest shooter. Yeah. But what it does, it sort of excels at and it does have a story 
which is, I think, uh, a little bit rare in the case of like an online PVP PVE game, like to have cutscenes in between. And you progress though, by playing only the multiplayer mode and it's just really fun and cheesy. And it has to do with like time rifts and this AI that has gone crazy and is running battle simulations with the dinosaurs. And it feels very, I think anyway, sort of guardians of the galaxy ish in a way that's tongue in cheek and cheese ball. And it reminds me a lot of Japanese multiplayer games that came out in the mid two thousands, where it was just like, we're going to throw things at the wall and see if it sticks. And the story's kind of out there and wacky, but, but we're fully committing to it. And Mm -hmm. I just, I, I love what it's throwing down. Yeah. You know what this room, you know what it reminds me of is those uh, arcade games where it had like the Uzi for like Terminator 2 or something. And it was just all you had to do is just pull the trigger and aim in different directions and just annihilate creatures. Like that was, yes, that was all that that arcade game really was. It was just a, it was a gun attached to an arcade cabinet and you pulled the trigger and the little light gun. Uh, shot at the screen and then a bunch of enemies died like on the screen until you got hit three times and you had to put more quarters in and that's yes. effectively like that's what exoprimal feels like it feels like that satisfaction of just you're not going to be spending a whole lot of time trying to think about like mechanics like the team dynamic is there you can definitely time things certain ways for buffs and things but overall you're just going to be mowing down like dinosaurs that have very little health and then you'll get a couple big dinosaurs and those are like the tests that you have to go through uh but the 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 question that i was thinking about with the season pass was did you buy the game or you just you're just going off of game pass right now right just game pass yeah okay so do you are you concerned at all like if if because uh, this is Capcom's game. It's going to be on Game Pass for probably, you know, nine to nine to 12 months on Game Pass for sure. Um, are you concerned at all that the the content that you're getting for the season pass is going to be locked to a game that you don't own if it does get pulled off of Game Pass? Or are you hmm. not really concerned about that? You get you made your time with it. It was it was worth the investment. And then you're ready to move on to the next thing. Yeah, I'm not really concerned about that because in the end, I've only spent, you know, like $10 on the season pass. So mm-hmm. if it goes away in a year, I had my fun. Uh, and, you know, depending on the support of the game, I'll either want to go back to it and buy it at that point when it's cheaper or yeah. or not. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not really sure. I'm not thinking about the future, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about now when it's thinking dinosaurs. About right now. And dinosaurs <laughs> that need to be pumped full of lead <laughs> they're just a simulation they're not real anyways they're not, yeah we're not harming actual dinosaurs nah. it's, it's the no truth. dinosaurs were harmed in the making of exoprimal <laughs> it's true for all games i think <laughs> hopefully <laughs> some laboratory somewhere someone's like poking a dinosaur with something to they're like all right yeah. we need to make this game it's like all right but why do we have to poke dinosaurs nothing like that going on no. um I I I like the Exoprimal. I think it's really fun. I think I have the same uh the same feel that I get when I play Overwatch. Um yeah. it it really comes down to me wanting to play with a group of friends and talk about what's going on in our day to day 
when we're actually doing it. Same thing with like Fortnite, like Fortnite yeah. and Destiny 2, Sea of Thieves. Those are all kind of lobby games that it, it doesn't really necessarily matter what we do. It's it's more who I'm with. And I usually reserve my my jump into a game with someone for those types of games. Yeah. Uh, and, and everything else is usually like, okay, this has a story. I'm invested in the characters and I want to see it through as opposed to Exoprimal, which is like, it does have a story. It is a, it is a fairly campy story, but I think that they're being very honest about that with themselves. But the, the, the gameplay loop for that is just too much fun. Um, and I really like the, yeah. uh, the designs for the different mechs that they've got and the the skins that they're offering i think the skins are really cool they've done a good job it's kind of like warframe in that sense where warframe is a free-to-play game you have to buy stuff if you want to get anywhere in it but the the thing that they do really really well is the cosmetics they know they can sell the cosmetics for the the frames and and exoprimal i see being very similar to that and overall just a, a really good job i think they've done a fantastic job kind of capitalizing on a niche market right now it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of like team-based squad-based pve versus pvp kind of games out there i see a lot of asymmetrical games i see a lot of like arena shooters um not too often do you get these modes that are kind of like go and actually deal with a pve element and then towards the end you have to do the pvp i think i think uh oh what is it daisy uh, Call of Duty DMZ's um, kind of mode there. There's a couple couple like military shooters that are that are playing around with that right now, mm. um, but genuinely not in like the kind of fun team based like tank support DPS genre that I think is yeah. is really. I think you could see that a lot more, and, and people would probably have some fun with it. Yeah, and I. I really like the characters in this, you know, all the suits feel unique and they are going to have a street fighter and monster hunter uh, collaboration coming up here where the exosuits are street fighter and monster hunter themed. And I can't wait. I am, uh, (laughs) I am pumped for that. Even though I don't really play street fighter at all, I'm a classic street fighter player and I'm looking forward to that. And then monster hunter, I've only really dipped my toe into monster hunter. Uh, in general but uh i'm looking forward to that too i hope they do more with this you know let's see a mega man uh collaboration and god why isn't that a thing (laughs) i i'm sure they will eventually make make uh, an exoprimal mega man collaboration that it's capcom they'll definitely do it but uh i mean one of the things that i think exoprimal represents that i'm really excited about and i think is great on the capcom side is capcom has resident evil they have Street Fighter. They have Monster Hunter. These are three huge properties, right? Yeah. And for them to release a, basically a new IP game that's a shooter, like I really oh, yeah. respect the fact that they did that and didn't try to tie it to Resident Evil or another IP that they had. Because oftentimes, like those Resident Evil shooters, the multiplayer shooters that they put out, they've tried. Mm-hmm. Those have never really taken off because, you know, Resident Evil players don't like them. And then people who aren't a fan of the IP don't go and play them. So yeah. the fact that they're willing to, to to take a chance on this crazy idea of here's a shooter where you just shoot dinosaurs. I mean, that's not all you do, but that's the basic elevator pitch is yeah. uh, is amazing. And I wish companies like EA, Activision, Microsoft, 
Sony, etc., would do more of that. It's like take a fun mm-hmm. game type like this and try something. And like Exoprimal is not a huge game. It's not a really long game. Even the story can be wrapped up in like less than 20 hours. So yeah. I like the fact that they're doing that. I it sort of represents what I like about uh multiplayer games and i wish more companies would take those types of chances like ubisoft what sort of chances are you taking ubisoft they're not taking any chances Ah, they're doing x defiant that's their that's their kind of cod arena which is like a little bit of yeah but that's that's not gonna do well i don't don't know know. i think capcom has different expectations than ubisoft has for a multiplayer shooter like uh like exo primal like (laughs) ubisoft has probably sky high expectations for x defiant it Mm. has to do this level of thing and be popular immediately for us to continue i bet capcom is like if exo primal makes this tiny amount of revenue then we've got what we want right we've already got microsoft's money for it being on xbox game pass like what else can we do with this yeah and yeah, I feel like you don't see that very often. You get games like Crash Team Rumble, where mm. it's like it's a multiplayer crash game that is really good, but crash players don't want it, and people who don't like crash don't want it, so they're just not going to play it. It's like, oh no, like Toys for Bob made this great multiplayer game, and nobody's going to play it. Yeah. Feels like too many people are uh, are honed in on either military shooters, third person action adventures, or uh, Souls likes. Almost yeah. seems seems weird. I can't imagine why. Uh, but I am I am very interested to see if Exo Primal goes goes absolutely crazy because you you mentioned like Resident Evil like being something that they could have done, and they have done some things that are are multiplayer games. I could one hundred percent see a, a Resident Evil event where uh, the dinosaurs were replaced by liquors and the, the big dinosaurs were replaced by Mr. X or nemesis right. or giant, right. giant, you know, anaconda snakes or, or, uh, or, or spiders, you know, very easily could start seeing, you know, like you having to fight lady Demetrisk in a mech, uh, that totally. looks like Leon or, or, uh, Ashley or something. And it just it, have fun with it, you know, just get, get crazy. If they're going to bring, uh, uh, was it Guile and Ryu from from Street Fighter as mechs? Mm-hmm. Then just go all out. Bring on Leon. Bring on uh, um, Jill. You know, bring. You have to fight Wesker. You know, start bringing in some of those other IPs uh, as kind of fun little tie-ins. Like you can kind of have fun with it. It doesn't doesn't have to mean a whole lot. It's a it's a goofy game stuff. And I'm always surprised that Exo Primal is doing so much better than Second Extinction which has a game preview available. You can go and play that game right now on your Xbox if you really want to. And it's roughly the same thing. Uh, I'll be a little more um, Turok, I would say, than uh, kind of the the craziness that is Exoprimal. Uh, but overall, I, I think a lot more people are interested in Exoprimal than they are uh, Second Extinction, which just mm. very surprising to me. But I think it's the goofiness that, that does its service. You're making me want to try out Second Extinction. Yeah, it's, I it's, never, I never gave that game a shot uh, yeah. when it went up, and I, I would, I would like to try it. Yeah, it, it, it's good. I, I think it, um, I think it has its its shortcomings, which I, 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 I see compared to 
like exoprimal but it's also as far as i know it's still a game preview so you could they could still do a lot with it but uh yeah still feels more turok to me but a little more hectic like exoprimal um very interesting though i i think folks if you like exoprimal uh you ought to give a uh, second extinction a shot and see what you think of that compared and see like where two different companies went when they decided to just to to mow down you know hordes and hordes of <laughs> dinosaurs from outer space or from different times and stuff like that generated by an evil ai yes which we yeah. need to make sure we're you know we got to stay on top of skynet for this <laughs> so right. this could happen in real could, life you never know like it, <laughs> it, it could it just could be the future where being ai is now the one summoning dinosaurs into our world and we have to we you know cj you and i have to jump into max to be yeah. able to save the future i'm ready um, I practiced. <laughs> no disassembling <laughs> controllers required. <laughs> All right, CJ. Well, it's it has been a fantastic episode. Uh, I've had a really good time talking with you. We don't get to do it nearly enough. I think the last time we got to like hang out and chat was the last time we got to play Ghostbusters Spirit Unleashed together, uh, which uh, just yes. got an update, by the way. And Did. I. I really want to go check out that ghost that's based on the uh, the old toy that I used to have with a little eyeball that pops out because I love that toy so much when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> but CJ, you're, you've got today's Saturday, tomorrow's Sunday. Sunday is going to be the uh, Player One podcast. You guys stream it live over on YouTube at Player One podcast channel. Uh, that is at 530 specific time. Uh, right. And it is just going to be you and Phil this week. Um, Greg is not in there, but... Uh, where can people find you outside of watching your show and listening to it over on uh, Podcatchers and Spotify and all those good places? Well, I am SuperPAC, S-U-P-E-R-P-A-C, on all of the social networks. That's X, Blue Sky, Threads, Mastodon. I'm on Mastodon.social. That's really where I post the majority of my stuff. Uh, so that's really the best place to find me or player one podcast.com. Like Logan was saying, you can, uh, listen to our show and we do it every week. We've been doing it every week for 16, 17 years, almost, which is crazy to think about <laughs> me, Greg and Phil talking about video games for that long. But, uh, and then I also work at enhance. I'm a user experience director at enhance the company that does Tetris effect connected res infinite. And our latest game is Humanity, and that's on PlayStation. So if you have PlayStation Xbox fans, you can play that. Or it's on Steam as well. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> it's on like, Steam. Steam is, Steam is still a really good place to play that, I would say. Absolutely. If you have a Steam Deck, it's a perfect Steam Deck game. It's an action it puzzle is. game, kind of like Lemmings, and uh, super fun as well. So, yeah, those are the places you can find me. Awesome. I definitely appreciate it. I love humanity. Humanity is a really fun game. It's, uh, I, I, it's one of those ones where I, I wish that we could get some custom skins for the, the blocks that you can create. So in, cause you can already, you can already customize the humans a lot. Um, but I would love to be able to start building worlds the way I'm, I'm thinking i want lemmings i want to be able to have like little grassy knolls and and uh rocks and stuff like that um but humanity is a fantastic uh, game done really really well for the studio i'm really glad to see that that it's it's taken off as well as it has a lot of folks jumped into it and stuff and just love seeing the the different uh levels that you post up as well too some of the crazy custom ones that i won't touch uh that just because of of how 
little brain power I have to be able to commit to some of the insane. Like I've tried a couple of the the, the puzzles that people put out, and I'm like, man, I have no idea. I'm they could be tough. They can be real tough. <laughs> I'm like, this is cool. I'm glad they figured it out. I would love to see what it looks like when it's actually done by someone who knows how to figure it out. But yeah, I feel the same good. way on some of these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, outside of that, if you guys want, definitely make sure you're checking out the XEP Patreon, uh, or uh, that is going to get you access to the Discord server where we're having really good conversations. Uh, there was some announcements um, just this week about, what was it, Lego? There's some new Lego stuff that's coming out. There are a whole chat just dedicated to, to folks that want to talk about Lego stuff like that. And I think there was even um, teases about a new Lego. Oh, I can't remember what the set was. There's just a new Lego set that there's like rumors Animal of Crossing. going around. Animal Crossing, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Animal Crossing rumors for Lego, which would be very, uh, Nintendo going hard on on uh lego sets right now it's really crazy so but definitely make sure you guys check that out if you want to get a hold of me i'll be in that discord otherwise i'm still over on twitter at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n uh, i'm also over on threads as well but i don't remember what the handle is because I, I i don't have enough time to really traverse all the different social medias i haven't gotten a blue sky invite like uh like a uh, mr cj here who got one from what was it phil got you a, a no invite? i did no? not get one from phil oh, i got one yeah. from somebody else yeah okay podcast we, we listener can't uh can't disclose that information so <laughs> but um folks if you guys enjoy this make sure you give a like subscribe make sure you guys are uh rating it wherever you can make sure that you're supporting luke and all the efforts he's at the beach enjoying himself right now while we're slaving away in front of really hot uh, uh lights and cameras and dedicating our time to make sure that you guys have up-to-date news for the xbox ecosystem thank you all so much and we will all see you next week bye <laughs>